As they're coming down, will you take your Bibles and open them to the book of Hebrews? The third chapter in particular. Hebrews chapter 3. I'm getting a double bounce out of this. I don't know, Brother Dan. It's got us. I'm getting a... I've got too much something. I don't know. So we can get that where it isn't doing that because if I go uprange... There. That's good. Can you hear me better there? Good. Alright, because if I went uprange from where I was, it was going to get ugly at some point. Hebrews 3. And uh, looking there, let's uh, begin looking in verse 12. Hebrews 3, verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. For with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. In verse 13, in verse, uh, it says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Look in chapter 4. In verse 7, Again he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. I will speak to you this evening on the subject of don't give away today. Don't give away today. May we pray together? Father, we need to hear from heaven. We are hearing from heaven when we read your word. But we need to be receptive. I do. These folks do. Help me, Lord, to preach your word in the simplicity and in the dignity and the respect and reverence that's due your word. Lord, it's a holy thing to open your word. It's a fearful thing to come in your presence. Help us tonight to have proper reverence and respect and all for you. I ask in Christ's name. Amen. Don't give away today. A lot of different little slogans and stuff out there, many of which are aimed at a good reminder. And the good reminder that's their aim is to cause us to enjoy the day that we have and to make best use of the time that we have. Uh, there are a lot of little different statements in, in our society. You'll see them every now and then. And... Uh, they're good reminders because it's a good subject. It's a good, uh, it's a good thing to use today and uh, not to miss today. Uh, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time and a purpose to every season under heaven. And then it goes through and lists some very contrasting seasons. And it says there's a purpose. And God 
has a reason why he's working in it, and there's a way we are supposed to respond uh, with uh, with the the seasons that God's given us, and we shouldn't despise any of them. And what that word means is we shouldn't count them as a a thing not worthy of our our attention and giving our best to. Now there are seasons and times and days that come that are not pleasant. Certainly there are ones that uh, would bring us like Brother Job and time when he got lamenting so strongly he said it would have been better if he'd never been born. And certainly there are dark days like that in life sometimes. But not to despise them. In other words, not to count them of no value or a small thing even as we're going through them. We don't know always what the hand of the Lord's doing. We know we can trust Him. But even that's put to the test sometimes, isn't it? But we know we can. And when we settle back into the stronger part of who we are and what we actually believe, we realize it's true. But when we do trust Him and we try to act in accordance with what we said we have always believed and what we really have believed, when it's put to the test, uh, we realize that uh, we have these days and sometimes we'll think, oh, I just wish we'd get past this. Or we, uh, we don't... We don't, uh, we don't value the common days enough. They're, they're a valuable thing. It's a wonderful thing uh, to be able to do uh, what we ought to do. I, I was talking to someone last week and uh, mentioning another pastor that I know, and it's a man with whom we were, I was in college who's a little bit older than I am, but not much. He's pastored almost exactly the same amount of time I have. And he's talking about how he's a lot of health struggles at this point and hip needs replaced and just the man is not sure at all that he'll be able to continue a year out with the rigors of pastoring and looking at that you know I came away from that conversation not only uh, with my heart touched for somebody I believe has been a good man a good solid gospel witness and here he is at this point in life but I also came away with a, a real praise to God that you know today uh, I've got strength today I can do this today that's not a Consideration, and so uh, I don't want to. I don't want to give away today. I don't want to give away today. Today's precious, and uh, thank God for it. And uh, don't give away today. And uh, along those thoughts, and let me guide you scripturally into some thinking on this. Let me give you some ways and some uh, thoughts that'll help us uh, not to give away our days. Uh, number one, don't give away today by giving it to sin. Now we read that in our, our text, didn't we? It talked about that. How they were hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Sin sin and the author of sin, the devil, is so deceitful. The allurement, the tantalizing, the playing on the the pride and uh, all the different things that it plays on without realizing often that there's a deceit involved and there's a hardness that comes. And, uh, well, I'll tell you, that's, uh, that, that's, that's such a dangerous thing about sin is the hardening that it brings. It leads to such bad thinking. Not just, not just bad individual decisions, but the bad process that leads to those decisions, which will perpetuate the bad decisions. And, and so there's so much with it. Look at the book of James, and don't give away your today with sin. Um, every day is precious. It really is. 
And they're little. That's one of those little statements. Every day is a gift from God. We've seen that, haven't we? That's one of those ones that gets embroidered on pillows and stuff. <laughs> that's a popular one, isn't it? But it's true. It, it's no less true or powerful because of the commonality of hearing it. It is a gift from God. Today's a gift from God. Do you know how many of the saints of God would like to be able to gather together with their church families? They can't do it today. But we can, and we're here, and we ought to thank God for it. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, God's, God's been good to us in so many ways we could, we could go a long time enumerating them. James chapter 1, look in verse 14. But every man, well, I guess there wouldn't be any exceptions, and you ladies do know, it's not just talking about the male of the species, it's talking about mankind, so it's not like, yeah, those fellers. Uh, uh, so you sisters are in on this with us. But every man is tempted. Now just stop and think about that phrase for a little bit. Some of you come from a background where certain far groups in your background believed you could get to a point where you weren't even tempted to sin. <laughs> you get to where you're never tempted to sin, one of two things is true. Either number one, you're so fully given over to it that it's no longer a temptation, it's, a, it's an actuality. And as they would say down home with the folkish wisdom of the hills, they just ain't caught you yet. Okay? Or the other possibility is you're dead and you just don't know it yet. But it says there, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away. Drawn away. Hmm. From every blessing and good thing that God has. When he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. That's the child that's born to that is sin. What's that child become when it grows up? And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The maturation of sin is death. Don't give away today by giving it to sin. Don't make today a regret. Don't make today something that causes you not to be able to enjoy and to, and to uh, rejoice in something God gave you that was made so you could honor Him. And that's called memory. God equipped you with that so that you could keep in remembrance the good things He's given you, so you could keep in remembrance Himself. Don't let sin rob you of today so that today becomes a blight in that process called memory. Any day given to sin is a day dedicated to death. Then second thing, don't give away today. Don't give away today by focusing on self. Will you turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15? 1 Corinthians 15. Don't give away today by giving it to sin. Don't give away today by focusing on self. First Corinthians 15 and the end of, or towards the, uh, I guess about midway of, the, of that chapter. Look particularly at verse 31. 
It says, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then look at the statement, three, little three-word statement. I die daily. It's interesting, that phrase is about sinner in the midst of a chapter that deals predominantly with the resurrection. If there's an overriding theme to 1 Corinthians 15, it's the resurrection of Christ and the victory we have because of that resurrection. And in the midst of that chapter, there are these three words that carry so much weight with them. The apostle said under the Spirit of God, he said, I die daily. He said, I, 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 I die daily. I die daily also anticipates the resurrection with Christ. That by dying daily, dying to self daily, he was entering into the process of being resurrected. He's entering into the process of walking in the newness of life. I die daily that I may also daily walk in the newness of life. I'm not going to give today for living for self. Uh, my sorrows, my disappointments, my grudges, my animosities, these are all part of the part of I that needs to die daily. I don't need to carry it into a new day. I don't need to tug it along with me. I die daily. Part of the reason why so many Christians aren't living in vitality is because they've never died. There's an eternal principle of death and resurrection. And until we die to self, we cannot know the newness to walk in the newness of life. As long as it's how we've been treated and what's happened in our life and how things aren't fair for us and how everything affects us, as long as that is the dominant thinking, as long as that's the pervading emotion, then we will not know the resurrected power of having left that in the grave where it belongs and walking in the newness of the power of the Spirit of God. I die daily so that I can rise in newness each day and accept that day then as the gift it is from God. Let me say to you, uh, the reality of our lives, the realities of our own weakness and our own corruptions require us to die daily. By talking about crucifying ourselves and that's, somebody said that's almost impossible to do because you always have a hand loose. Can I say to you also one thing about the old man, our old nature, our old tendencies, those things? He's a pernicious fellow. He comes back up and he comes back up. We've heard it said, you've heard the saying, haven't you? You can't keep a good man down. It's equally hard to try to keep that bad man down. Because <laughs> he sure will surface over and over again. And there are plenty of things around us to try to help him. You've got, you got a lot of things ringside cheering him to get back up. The truth of this is found in a couple of different passages I wanted to show you. Romans 8 is one of them. Let's look at that. This thing of not focusing on self and walking in the newness of the resurrected life. Romans chapter 8. Isn't it good to have a Bible? Isn't it good to have a King James Bible? You can trust. You know it's the Word of God. Be able to read it, hold it, have it in your hand. I'm glad I have a Bible. What a privilege that is. Not everybody who loves the Lord has one. Romans chapter 8, verse 10. And if Christ be in you, 
The body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. We owe something. We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. We don't owe it anything. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify, or put to death, as in I die daily, the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And that strong, affectionate, personal term towards the Lord. And what is this? Focusing on self, well, you'll, you'll lose today. You'll lose today. Everything will... Just shrink down. You'll become myopic where you have a tunnel vision. All you'll see is you. What a small world that is. May God help us. I think many of you would admit with me, and I have to admit, I have a tendency to go that way. I need God's help every day not to go that direction. Not to do that. And God will help us if we'll ask Him to. Colossians teaches us this too. Look in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. It begins with an if-then proposition, which is an extremely valid form of logic. If ye then be risen with Christ. Okay? Now, you need to answer that question to yourself right now before the Lord. Are you risen with Christ? Is Christ your Savior? The power of the resurrection in your life. Okay? If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ setteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. <laughs> That's incredible. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with Him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. Then it goes on down and gives another list of things to put off. What is that? That's dying daily. Don't give away today. Today is precious. Don't give way today to sin. Every day dedicated to sin is a given to sin is a day dedicated to death. 
Don't give away today by focusing on self. <laughs> the uh, living in a selfless way, you have to think of selfless. Then, don't give away today by burdening it with yesterday. Don't, don't, uh, don't burden it with the disappointments of yesterday. Um, do you know sometimes you'll make a decision or perhaps decisions and you'll make the best decision that you had opportunity to make with the information that you had with what your understanding was at that point. And then later, other things will become evident or you'll see how something played out or whatever. You'll have other knowledge of things or perhaps you just grow personally to where you have a better understanding of what it was you faced back here. And you'll look back with disappointment and say, I didn't make a good decision there. But at some point, you're going to have to come to peace with this. You made the best decision that you could make at that time with the information that you had. You say, well, my decision wasn't right. It may not have been. But it's high time we come to grips with the reality that we are limited and we are fallible. And we say it, but we don't believe it when we live it out. I'm not talking about going into sin, purposely transgressing the Word of God, I'm talking about the fact that we make some decisions just aren't good decisions. But yet, we went through the process we had available at that time. You said, well, why is that then? Because we are so limited, alone would do it. I get kind of tickled. I, I like to keep up with things as far as uh, uh, health, generally speaking, training, different things. And I'm telling you, it's kind of funny now of course, I was in wrestling and I liked powerlifting and, 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 and that sort of stuff and studied into it as much as I could uh, without proper coaching training and what I had available to me at the time. See, kiddos, uh, that's everybody 30 and under. Um, back, back in the day, back then, uh, you couldn't Google something and look it up. You had to go to these things called books. And they had them in places called libraries. And then you had to go find the particular book that went with it and find the information in it. And uh, anyway, never mind. I might as well be speaking Swahili. Um, well, you could probably Google Translate that and then understand it. Um, but I look now at some of the things which were the given wisdom of this is what you did or didn't do. Now you're finding out we've got whole generations that mess herself up by doing that. And other things, I get tickled now because it's like, oh, this is that. And there's such a surety. This is the way it is now. And I'm thinking, yeah, just like we thought it was the way it was when we were then. But there you go. So we'll make some bad decisions. Don't, don't hinder today. Don't take away today by burdening it with yesterday in your disappointments. They're going to be there. You allow yourself a few minutes say, man, I wish I hadn't done that. <sighs> Let it hurt for a minute or two. Let it hurt for several minutes if it needs to. 
Weep over it for a little bit if you need to. But then realize that's why God took on Himself flesh and came to a people that could not get to Him. This is why we have to have a Savior. Because we're incapable of saving ourselves. Um, don't burden it with yesterday with undue comparison. Boy, everything was nicer back then. The weather was nicer. Everything was better. Well, things have and do change. One of our twenty-some-year-olds uh, said to me recently, and was accurate in the observation. They said, "You know, since twenty twenty, everything's just been weird." Yeah, I think every generation living right now understands that we are in the land of weird. But that's all right. That's all right. God will come with us into weird. He won't become weird, but He'll go with us there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the weird, <laughs> I will fear no freakos. And um, anyway, it's uh, <laughs> no matter how many of them are with me, but it undue comparison. Well, uh, you know what? I just, I just wish I could be a kid again. You can't. If you want to look back and say, you know, there was a simplicity of life, there was a simplicity of time, I enjoyed that. That was refreshing. And if you can even allow it to motivate you to try to look for those simplicities of, of good things in what you're doing today, that's all right. But you can't go back. And it's not God's will for you to. It's God's will for us to, to face the reality of what is and what we're dealing with now and seek His power during this time and seek His Spirit during this time that we may, by the will of God, serve our generation. I wish I'd been born in the 1800s. Me too. I wouldn't have to listen to you to complain. Go back. But no, you aren't. Well, I don't think anybody was. No. Uh, uh. You're here now. And God wants to have a people who represent Him here and now. The head, which is Christ, needs a functioning body now. There's a passage that takes in both these things of not overwhelming with previous disappointments or undue comparison. In this passage, we'll talk about leaving some things behind, but it's not just talking about leaving behind all the trouble that's happened. It's also talking about not sitting back and saying, well, years ago I did this, and years ago I did that, and you know, one time I did that, and, and, and not doing anything today. Because that's a danger too. Um, Especially since we have the tendency to get better at everything as time goes on, what we used to be and what we used to do. Um, you know, I had a very good wrestling record, really did, in, in varsity wrestling, but man, I'm almost 60. By now, I'm almost an Olympic athlete back then. I mean, just, you know, I think I was a nominee for the Olympic team. I'm, I'm not sure, but it seems like it nowadays. Philippians chapter 3. By the time I'm 70, I will probably be a gold medalist. Philippians chapter 3. 
Look in verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting, purposefully, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He said, I don't burden today with yesterday. Instead, I use today to go forward for Christ. May God help each of us to do that. Don't give away today by burdening it with yesterday. Then, let me say also, don't give away today by overshadowing it with tomorrow. You don't have to have a whole bunch of years behind you. If you're observant, you don't have to have a lot of them to figure out there's many things in life over which you're very concerned that never materialize. Never happen. What if this? What if that? And then, this is kind of neat, to make up for that, you get, <laughs> you get T-boned by the things you never saw coming. <laughs> so why worry? It's something you don't see that'll get you. <laughs> Uh, I wrote down a little statement that came to my mind when I was uh, studying. I just wrote it down for my own edification. Perhaps it would be a help to you. I, I wrote down, it's better to be prepared for what you don't want to face than to have to face that for which you're not prepared. You say, well, I don't know for sure what I'll face. Then it would do us well to be very prepared in the basics of being solid with the Lord, wouldn't it? That would give us the best chance of responding to everything the right way. Don't overshadow it with tomorrow. Matthew chapter 6 talks about this. Let's look at it. We've read through this. Perhaps it caught your attention when you read through it in the daily reading. But let's look at it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. A cubit is a measurement. Generally 18 inches. In some places it was up to 24, but generally about 18 inches. So you have to understand it's a measurement. Okay? Look in verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Can you think about it and make yourself taller? <laughs> you may be able to do like the old motivational book said, think and grow rich, but you won't think and grow taller, I guarantee you. Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. By the way, this concept of taking thought, and I have a little note put down here, it's not talking about preparing, it's talking about worrying. It'll emphasize that as we go through. It tells you take no thought for it at all. You say, oh, just, you know, see what happens next. Uh, that's, not the, that's not the context of it at all. The context of it all, taking thought, is that it consumes your mind. It's the idea that, you know, that's what you're worried about. So look at it with understanding of that. Verse 29, And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And uh, Mr. Short and I enjoyed, uh, there was, uh, there's a place in town really had uh, flowers and, and had a wide variety. And we were looking at those. We had to stop in traffic this morning. We were looking at that. 
And uh, I said, boy, a lot of different colors. They really mix that well. And we're looking at the beauty of that. That's a beauty no man could create as far as the beauty of those, those flowers and such. That's what Jesus is emphasizing here. Verse 30, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is what it is, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall He not much more clothe you, O ye little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? And the whole thing has an emphasis of the worried thing. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's not winter's going to come and you are wise, like the woman in Proverbs is wise, and saying, let's prepare for that. It's what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, Probably keel over sometime from living that way is what you're going to do. Verse 32, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. You see, I'm not making it up. I'm not changing around the wording in the Bible. He keeps throwing in things that tell you the emphasis, how strong this thought for this is. They're seeking. This is their, this is, this is their, their thing they're going after. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. There's nothing wrong with you knowing you need it. Your Heavenly Father knows you need it. It's a reality. Your Heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things. But, seek ye first. You see, what it is, it's a matter of the priority with it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Instead of what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. If you'll seek God in His righteousness, that will bring you to integrity in your dealings. That will bring you to wisdom in your planning. That will bring you to prudence in your actions. And guess what? Through those vehicles, through those instruments that God has designed, He will provide for you by your acting on what He has given you to use. Look what happens. It says... All these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Why? For the morrow will take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day. It's enough. Is the what? Evil thereof. And that's, that's not a confining word. that it, it, You could not pull evil out and put wickedness in there. It would not be right at all. Sometimes people get confused by the, 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 the fact that evil also takes in things which are painful, hurtful, uh, something you have to struggle against. So it's going to be evil and don't have anything to do with wickedness. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What does that mean? That means <laughs> you've got enough grace to just say grace over today. Don't give away today by overshadowing it with tomorrow. Well, I'll tell you what, we had a good day today and this, but who knows what may be tomorrow. And there's a sort of pseudo-spiritualizing that thinks somehow it's spiritual to always tack on how much death and gloom could potentially happen in the next moment. Um, it would be a good thing if we could find some closet that would hold that locket in it. Just get it out of here. Sober thinking realizes that our life's but a vapor. 
Do you know? But it's almost this bad. It's almost this type of contrast. There's a mindset that would almost go to somebody's birthday party and somebody's going, they're excited and the family's there and they're having a good time. And, you know, people are, are saying good things to them and they're enjoying their family and stuff. And, and someone, some dear spiritual saint come along, pat them on the shoulder and say, well, enjoy it. You know, your life's a bit of vapor. I hope you don't get invited to very many places. <laughs> that, the realization of that and the truth of that was given to us so that we would take all joys and all sorrows in the context of the fact that our Father is eternal. So that we don't become so giddy over things and so enamored with temporary things that we lose sight of the eternal. Our lives go to vapor. Okay, this is wonderful. So I'm going to enjoy it thoroughly. I'm going to make use of it thoroughly because I know it's a little while we have it. Also, I'm going through something that hurts so bad I can't stand it. But thank God my life's but a vapor. I'll be, I'll be in the comfort of the Father forever. And that is given to help on both ends. What is this then? Don't overshadow it with tomorrow. I care not today what tomorrow may bring with shadow or sunshine or rain. The Lord I know ruleth over everything and all of my worry is vain. Living by faith in Jesus above. Trusting, confiding in His great love. What is it? It's, it's not being overshadowed with tomorrow. I wonder how many todays get lost because of tomorrows that don't turn out to be as fearful as they seem. I wonder how many todays are lost by tomorrows that are coming and maybe they do come, but then you lost tomorrow and today. Today is the only day you have. You've been blessed with it by your Heavenly Father. Enjoy it. Bless Him in it and with it. Use your day today to be a blessing to your God. Our purpose, the stated biblical purpose for which we were created is to please God. The issue of our charity towards one another, the issue of true holiness of life, all of this will be cared for if we get our minds and hearts really believing and acting like our purpose is to make our Heavenly Father, who loves us so much, happy. But we just want to make God happy. It becomes so uncomplicated. And it will change us so deeply. You've been trusted with it, with today, by that same Heavenly Father. Think about it. You've been entrusted with today by your Heavenly Father. Be grateful. Be wise. Show good stewardship with what He has entrusted to your care. Don't give away today. It is far too precious to do that. May I pray with you, please? Father, thank You for Your words. Thank You for the sacred sweetness of the truth of this. May we live it and learn it and grow in it. 
Open our eyes to the truth of it, that we may follow you in it, please. Amen. Let's stand. Why don't you come tonight? It'd be a good time to have a good fellowship with the Lord right now. Why don't you come? Amen. This is Webb. We'll play a song invitation. You come join these who are here already, if you will.